بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه معين Brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh We have the Quran as a guidance for us and many of us often think well what is the problem of the Ummah and why have we reached this position especially when you hear stories that are going on across the world and with the recent events in Syria and before that you know during the year you had things in Rohingya and so on and so forth Muslims generally they will of course question why why is there such a degeneration in the Ummah why have we reached this low pit? Now, one of the things that Allah Azawajal did to guide us from beforehand is, instead of telling us in the Quran that you're about to hit this or this is about to happen to you, instead of Allah Azawajal saying that, what he did do is he spoke about all the nations before us. And he gave a very collective report of what they went through and as a result of narrating their story, Allah warned us of our future. Okay? So whenever the nations are discussed in the Quran from beforehand, Allah is telling us not to become like them in the failures that they had. So when you open the Quran, what really, you know, when I first started to uh, understand the Quran at the age of uh, just uh, I think the first time I actually read the, the you know, Surah Baqarah in English, uh, before I even knew any uh, Arabic, uh, how to understand Arabic, was when I was at the age of 11 or 12. And when I read, the, when I read Surah Baqarah, what struck me was, why did Allah Azza wa Jal talk about the Banu Israel the children of Yaqub salam, or his, his progeny, the progeny of Yaqub salam, or the people of Musa salam, why did Allah dedicate three quarters of a Jews talking about them? I mean, why are we, why are we even here uh, reading all of that? So what then, you know, if you, you know, later on I, I realized that Allah Azza wa has got a very deep wisdom of narrating all of that. And if you look at any portion of what Allah has narrated, you will see Point after point after point, Allah Azza wa Jal is telling us that these are the mistakes they made and these are the very same mistakes you could make. And Allah is warning us not to make the same mistakes. Okay? So the first thing that comes in, in the Quran, Allah gives a perfect picture of who, who a true Muslim should be. So if you open Surah Baqarah, you'll see in the beginning, Allah Azza wa Jal has said, now the first thing, the very, very first thing you have to do is, you have to start reading the book without having doubts already stored in your mind. If you're going to approach it with doubt, then you're going to start, you know, start saying, this might not be, that might not be true. I mean, it's very unfortunate that such a, an intelligent being, okay, such an intelligent human being, with so much information and su such a, a depth of knowledge in physics who died this week, looked at the cosmos, studied, uh, you know, came up with theories that the whole world is indebted to in, in, the, in the world of science, Stephen Hawking, and he died with the belief that God does not exist. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, baffling, it's a baffling thing. 
And, and what, you, what you actually um, realize is that, you know, no matter how, you don't, even if you're the most cleverest person and most intelligent person, that doesn't give you guidance, okay? Guidance is something where, first of all, you have to have some form of re reflection on yourself. Look, come to the Quran without any doubts. Just say to yourself, this is truth. And then, then look at it as truth. And, and after that, assess what, what it has. So anyway, the, the point here is not to talk about doubt and so on. The point here is Allah Azawajal then says, Alladheena yu'minuna bil ghaib, those, you know, the muttaqeen, the people who will take guidance from this Quran, these are, these are the people, okay? They establish their prayers, they give, you know, they, they will help others with their monies and other things that I've given them. Um, there are people who will believe in the entire book, however I've given them. And they also have good conviction about the akhirah. And Allah has said they are on guidance. So that's the first and foremost thing. Then Allah paints for us a picture of the people, certain people who will not believe no matter how much evidence they're shown. And this is one of the things that you could say about atheists and others who, who are very you know, highly intelligent uh, people, but they, but they actually you know, leave the world without, without iman. And Allah said, Sawa'un alayhim. Whether you know, whether you warn them, you don't warn them, they're not going to believe. Allah has put a seal to their ears and their, uh, you know, to, to the heart, and they have, have a veil over their eyes, and they will not actually believe. Now, those two categories Allah has then put to, to two sides. So you've got now the believers, who they are, and you've got the disbelievers who, who will not believe in the message, no matter how many times you explain things to them. So Allah has explained both of them. Then Allah starts with the first problem of the Muslims. Now, when you start reading this, subhanAllah, if you put your mind on and you say, well, Allah is now warning us and giving us all the things that we should be careful of, you realize Allah is doing something very, very deep. So he dedicates another 13 verses to hypocrites. Now, hypocrites are Muslims. They've got Muslim names. They, they are in the Muslim ranks. They dress like the Muslims or they are at least, you know, in with the Muslims, but they behave different to what the ideal Muslim should be. Their hearts have things that the mouths do not have. So the mouths will say things that the hearts have something totally different to. And they, sometimes their behavior and their action compared to their promises they've made doesn't match up, okay? So that, that, that is a whole dedication in Surah Baqarah about the Munafiqin. Now, if you ask me the question, who is causing more problems in the Muslim Ummah right now? Or let's say, who is, who is causing more problems for the Muslim world right now in the world? Is it, the, is it some non-Muslims or is it some Muslims? Who's causing more? According to the Quran, we have more Muslims causing us problems than non-Muslims. And I hope everyone really understands this point. If it wasn't for the fact that in our Muslim countries, the very Muslims that have taken positions of power, the very Muslims who are making the deals and whatever they're doing with countries and so on, making, you know, making some diplomacy, whatever they're doing with other countries, if they hadn't allowed certain things to happen within those Muslim countries, if they hadn't opened the doors and said to others, come inside and do what you like, and I will turn a blind eye to it because I have been favored by you. If it wasn't for them in the first place, we wouldn't be in this position right now. So yes, there, there is, you know, the focus normally goes of ours, the focus normally goes onto the people who are outsiders. It's very natural. 
very natural for us to say, well, the problems in the Muslim world are heavily on the non-Muslims and some of the non-Muslims that are, that are outside of that. Uh, and that is true to an extent. That is true to an extent. However, the focus should be more on the internal problems that we've got. Why would Allah dedicate five verses to the believers in Surah Baqarah and 13 verses describing the hypocrites who are also supposed Muslims? Why would Allah do five and then 13 is, is a message in itself. Allah is saying, watch out. Your internal people within you are going to cause you disruption and they're going to bring you trouble to your doors. Okay? So don't become like them. Okay, now, when you reach the first quarter of Surah Baqarah, from there till the end of the first Jews, Allah Azza wa Jal talks about the Banu Israel, the people of Musa, and the failures they had in the past. It's a historical narrative, and then if you start analyzing that one by one, you come to the conclusion, you say, Subhanallah, Muslims have done every one of these wrongs that the Banu Israel have done. And when the Banu Israel eventually ended up in real problems, Allah Azza wa Jal more or less is trying to tell us that you Muslims, if you behave the same way, you're going to end up in the same problems. Our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said very clearly in a hadith that is authentic, he said, He said, you will, my ummah, you will eventually follow the ways of the people before you. Meaning the people of Banu Israel. He said, Like one shoe is identical to another shoe, you or some of you will become identical to what some of them did. He said, to the extent that if one of them, <coughs> one of them entered into the hole of a lizard, then one of you will also enter in the hole of a lizard. What that means is that there's danger, you know there's danger, but you won't care, you'll just walk into the danger. In another narration he says, if one of them did, if, if one of them had a, an intimate relationship with his mother in public, if one of them you know, committed the haram of zina with his mother in public, then one of you eventually will do that. Which shows that whatever they went through, we are also ha having to watch out and be careful of not to go through the same pathway. So let's start. What did Allah do when he starts talk talking about them? The first thing he says, Ya Bani Israel, He said, you fulfill my promise, I will fulfill yours. And now let's look. We are saying to Allah, when is your help going to come? Allah is saying, you fulfill your promise, I'll fulfill mine. It's clear. When Allah Azza wa Jal said, don't start taking this is to the scholars of, of, of the, the rabbis of the of Banu Israel. Allah says, Don't take any bribes and start changing the law. And it's Allah started with the scholars first. When the scholars become corrupt, or some of the scholars become corrupt, then the nations are going to have corruption between them. And we have to say today, unfortunately, we've got certain scholars amongst us who are corrupt who are corrupt, who, who will change the law or give an interpretation to the law which wasn't there from beforehand. Okay, so one of the things I want to say right now on the back of that is, okay, this is in, in a, you know, I've got four, um, I've got four hour 
video on this. I'm going to say this first before I say the next thing because it's going to, you know, because we've got so many, you know, legal things that we have to be very careful of. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it in the, in the best way possible I can. So I've got four-hour video on this on YouTube uh, on Lut alayhi salatu salam. And it's called Analyzing the Prophets. And if you got, go to Lut, if you put my name on, uh, next to that in YouTube, you'll have a four-hour video. We spent nine months editing that. All right, nine months editing that, and then we released it because of all the legalities and everything around it. But the basic thing is that our Quran clearly says that the people of Lut and what they did, okay, was something that was prohibited, and they were the first people to do it. Today, we have Muslims that are advocating for that. There are groups in the UK, in Canada, and social media has made it very widespread. In America, in Germany, in Holland especially. There are groups of Muslims, Muslims with Imams who are Muslims, who are advocating for the same thing. And they're trying to uh, change the interpretation of the Quran. They're saying, well, the people of Lut, they didn't approach it that way. Oh, they were approaching it this way. They, they didn't have consent. What's consent got to do with anything? Right? So what you can see here is the people of Banu Israel, the rabbis, some of the rabbis went astray and some of our scholars went astray and then the masses go astray. The next thing Allah Azzawajal says, Ya Banu Israel, Allah says, oh people of, of, you know, of Banu Israel, look how many times I saved you. Before you say you're in a mess right now and that you're getting beaten up with many different sides because the Muslims are saying exactly the same thing. Oh Allah, why is it, you know, Bosnia, then before that Kashmir and then we've got, you know, Syria now and we had Rohingya and we had some, you know, other countries, Sudan, whatever. you can carry on saying that. Allah said to the Banu Israel that time, he said, oh Banu Israel, if you're saying to me that, you know, you've got a problem, first look at my favors. I saved you from Fir'aun. They were punishing, I saved you from that. Allah Azzawajal has saved us from the Tatars. Allah Azzawajal in our history has saved us from many, you know, the Crusaders came, okay, to, to Jerusalem. Allah said, Allah you know, has done it in history, it's clear, you read Muslim history, how many times has Allah saved this Ummah? So before you even go into why Allah has put us in this position, you have to ask the question, how many times has Allah saved us? And then Allah said, each time I saved you to the Banu Israel, and each time I put you back in position, each time I gifted you again, you started to go back to your ways after a short while. If you look in the Muslim Ummah, look at the Umayyad uh, Empire, uh, look at the Abbasid Empire, later on look at the Ottoman Empire. If you go deep into the books of history, you will see that the, the, some of the people around the Khalifs, some of the people who were in the highest of administration in the Muslim uh, Empire, some of them unfortunately they allowed drinking alcohol. They, they had scholars with them. They allowed dancing of women in front of them. They allowed many of the harams that they would never do in public. And if you think today that is not happening, that is exactly the same thing that Saudi Arabia is doing and has been doing for many, 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 many years. If you're shocked at what the crown prince is doing in Saudi Arabia with all the different changes, I want to tell you this is the tip of the surface. That's been happening for many, many decades. It's been happening privately. Now he's just bringing it out to the public. It's still bad, but all I want to say to you is that's the level of corruption that the Banu Israel were going through. And that's the same level of corruption that this ummah as a whole with certain parts of the ummah has gone through.
ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له نشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد يقول الله عز وجل في القران العظيم الم يان للذين امنوا ان تخشع قلوبهم لذكر الله وما نزل من الحق ولا يكون كالذين اوتوا الكتاب من قبل فطال عليهم الامد فقست قلوبهم وكثير منهم فاسقون صدق الله العظيم my dear respected brothers and sisters those of you who listened to what i said earlier the whole whole conversation of the or the discussion of the khutbah is that we have more internal problems to be aware of and to fix than external problems of this ummah and surah baqarah which opens up at the beginning of the quran and analyzes the historical narrative of the banu israel is a way of allah telling us not to become not to go down the pathway of what they went through so allah azza wa jal said uh, in the holy quran one of the biggest problems that they had was that when allah told them to do something they started to question it if allah told you to do something that allah azza wa jal has told us just to pray aqimu salah is very clear 700 times in the quran allah has said uh, about salah Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the sahaba one of the fo- fo- one of the foremost important things they had in their lives was the five daily prayers and it's a very clear injunction just pray but if you're going to start making excuses like the banu israel did why how what type when why should we do we have to really i mean the example of that is the actual why baqara is called baqara right it's a it's a central theme of the whole surah which is when allah said to them just slaughter the cow they said do you have to really what kind of cow you know is is an old cow young cow this cow that cow what color it is and and so on completely wasting time and when they were and allah says fadhabahuha wama kadu yaf'alun eventually they slaughtered the cow but they were not going to do it they they had no intention to do it that's why they wasted time in asking all these questions and the same thing to this ummah allah has given very very simple thing for the ummah to do pray come on connect yourself with allah and in fact allah told the banu israel that one of your problems is that you will pray but you won't have the inner to it okay you won't have the devotion to it that's why allah said in the holy quran wastainu bi sabri wa salah wa innaha lakabiratun illa ala alkhashin right in the ayat when allah talks about banu israel that that the devotion is the most important part of prayer and it is difficult on some people to achieve that and i want to tell you that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said according to a hadith or a certain hadith he said near the end of time the masjids will be decorated but the hearts will be corrupted okay this is this is in a, in a hadith and iqbal who is the poet the great poet of pakistan he has a he has a poem and it really you know summarizes the 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 the, the dilemma that we're in he said that when i went to the when i in, in the poem he says when i visited the casino okay when i visited the casino i saw all the people holding the cards with full attention and devotion to the game they were playing but when i came to the masjid i saw the musallis in prostration with their hearts outside of the masjid and elsewhere and that is the dilemma that we're in 
because the Banu Israel made more of getting the outer ready than the inner. And this Ummah, unfortunately, in large portions, has made that their, their game, which is get the outside ready, but not the sort of inner, inner. If the decoration is there, but the inside is not there, we all know there's a serious problem in, in itself. Now, another problem Allah Azza wa said about the Banu Israel, He said, after they started to question, should they do it, should they not do it, their hearts started to become hard. But then he said the further problem was this. You know, you know if, you, if you think that you have a problem, what should you do? You should go and ask, you should go and find out, you should go and read the book Allah has sent you, uh, God has sent you, and then try and rectify your situation. So this is the big problem of the Banu Israel. Allah said in Surah Baqarah that the Banu Israel, they made many portions of the general public made themselves illiterate. They were not illiterate, they made themselves illiterate. They don't actually know the Torah, except for wishful thinking that the rabbis have given them. So the rabbis say to them, don't worry about it, you know, you'll all go to paradise, okay? You'll all go to Jannah, the rabbis tell him that. Our ummah has followed footstep to footstep the same like and exactly the same thing. Which is many scholars, sheikhs, have told the crowds, you know, more or less that, um, you know, there's no need to actually understand the meaning of the Qur'an. They become illiterate in the sense that it's just become a parrot fashion thing just to read the Qur'an, but there's no real, real essence in understanding what Allah has said. Reflect what Allah has said and change myself. And Allah said they had, the Banu Israel were left with wishful thinking. If you ask many of these Muslims across the world, what do they think, they think is going to happen? They, they will give you ideas of, you know, in the end, you know, the Prophet on the Day of Judgment is just going to intercede for us, so it's going to be kind of okay. Like, you know, it's no big deal as long as you love the Prophet, as long as you have so much love and you kind of always praise the Prophet, then that is your salvation, no matter how bad you are, and no matter how down you are, when you get on the Day of Judgment, these things will just, you know, take you straight to Jannah. And that's wishful thinking, no amal, no actions, no following the Quran and having that kind of wishful thinking. Then Allah talked about another problem of the Banu Israel. He talked about internal conflict where one part of Banu Israel was fighting with another part of Banu Israel. It's all in there, all in there. And now if you look at the Muslim history, when did we become really weak? Well, first is with all the elements that I've said, you're already weak in not knowing what the Quran has said. You're already weak in making outer salah, but there's no inner devotion. You're already weak in looking at architecture and models and beauty, but there's no real progress inside of what you are as a people. And then you get into internal conflicts and politics and problems. And this seriously weakened the Banu Israel. And finally, what they ended up as was a people that were very good at talking. Subhanallah you come to the end of the first Jews, you find there was a problem with the, with the Qibla direction of the, of the Ummah. So our Qibla was Jerusalem. And then after that, after 17 months of the life in Medina, okay, so altogether our Qibla in Jerusalem was almost like 13, 14 years. Let's say about 14 or 15 years. Okay? Suddenly Rasulullah started to pray towards Makkah al-Mukarramah. So then that's when our Qibla becomes our Qibla. The Jewish nation, the Banu Israel in Medina Munawwara made it the biggest headline ever was, oh my God, look at that, they've changed their Qibla, they're doing this wrong, how can they pray towards a different... 
why are you getting in this debate when you don't even believe that the Muslims are on the right path anyway? What's the big deal in you saying that they were in a different Qibla and the amount of chat and an amount of fuss that they made on an issue that Allah Azza wa Jal said that you guys need to just get on with what you're supposed to do. Why are you making so much fuss about an outside matter? And this is exactly what's happened. If you turn on any channel out there, whether it's the Arab channels, the Pakistani channels, some of the Indian channels, so on, and our Muslims are there talking about the problems and so on, it's just talk after talk after talk. In fact, your phones and my phones are buzzing 24 hours with information and new information and too much information about what's going on. And it's all about talk and, and spreading the gossip and spreading the news. Some of it is real news, but you're just spreading, you're talking, talking. You're talking, but Allah said to the Banu Israel, Ibrahim Hanifa. Why are you talking for? I want action from you. Not talk. And the thing is, you, you have become a, an argumentative people. And that has become the same problem that we are facing, which is argumentation is not going to solve our problem. Our problem is, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this uh, as an ayah, and this should sum up the khutbah, inshallah. Allah Azza wa Jalla has told us in Surah Al-Hadid, أَلَمْ يَأْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ Oh believers, hasn't the time come for you that your heart should be devoted to what Allah has revealed as the Quran? Shouldn't your hearts become soft and devoted to the, uh, the, the, the haq and the truth that has come to you? And shouldn't you stop becoming like the people before you who, who, start, uh, who, who had a, a, a thing inside that they're going to live for a very long life? And the hearts became hard as a result. They thought they're going to have very long lives, or at least die till 70, 80, 90, whatever. And moat wasn't anywhere near them, and therefore the hearts became hard. Allah says, hasn't it come time for you to make that change? May Allah Azza wa Jal give us time. And what you can take from this khutbah is, I want everyone to go and pick up a translation of the Quran that you can actually read. Read it, reflect, make the change in, in let's make the change in our lives. May Allah Azza wa Jal give us tawfiq. And, and give us a change in this ummah. Allah has said, Allah will not change the people until they change themselves.